Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Gossipnista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossipnista. Hi, and welcome to the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks. I truly appreciate you tuning in. And I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you so much for your continued support on this podcast, your direct outreaches and feedback. I absolutely love connecting with you all. And another thing I love so much is New York City, of course. And on today's episode, I still can't believe I had the pleasure of interviewing a stable of the Big Apple, Mr. NYC Subway, Andreas Varios. Passion, the pursuit of happiness, finding oneself, making it in New York, unleashing your creativity and the artist that lives within us all, plus several candid conversations are just a few topics you can expect on today's interview. However, before we dive into the interview with Andreas, let me tell you a little bit more about him. An artist and photographer capturing all things New York City and the subway, he's been featured on the New York Times, NBC New York, Yahoo, amongst several other publications. And during the pandemic, Andreas's account has grown nearly 10 times due to his captivating photos and videos of the uniquely talented artists of the city. Let me just say, his photos will open up your eyes to the beauty of New York City and the subway unlike anything I've ever seen. And would you believe me if I said he's a lawyer by day and that his journey to becoming an artist all started by carrying a pillow onto the New York City subway one day? Yeah, so you'll have to tune into the complete interview and hear his incredible New York story and journey, amazing advice on the city, and ultimately how he found his purpose and passion in the Big Apple. Without further ado, here is my interview with Andreas Varios, Mr. NYC Subway. Andreas, welcome to the podcast. I have been wanting to speak with you for the longest time ever, and I'm really appreciative to have you. How are you doing today? Wonderful, Mariana. Thank you for having me here. Of course, of course, this is nothing but my absolute pleasure. And, um, you know, a question that I like to essentially just get going with and starting off with my guests is the inevitable question of, are you originally a native New Yorker? Are you from New York? No, I'm from San Diego, California. Okay. Hey, I'm from Southern California as well. I'd like to say so. Um, nice. What part? Originally from the IE, not too far from San Diego, okay. Riverside County. Yeah, yeah but um, very familiar with all the counties. Cool, yeah. And I lived in LA for almost six years prior to moving to New York. In New York, I've been here almost, I think now seven years, almost eight years. So um, I know that area as well. 
Yeah, I have so many things to ask within that, but we won't go there. <laughs> good to know that you are from, you know, Southern California. I'm a Cali boy. <laughs> are, and I will ask a question about that at some point. Not right now, though. But um, so then you made it to New York about seven years ago. What was the prompt? Like, what made you say, "Hey, not San Diego, not LA. I'm I'm in New York now. I want to go to New York." So I was doing personal injury uh, practicing law in California. You know, not to get too granular with that, but I was I was in law school. I graduated. Uh, I was working in a personal injury law firm. About a year prior to that graduation and taking the California bar, I went to London, mm. and I spent the summer abroad in London for three months um, studying international business law. And I fell in love with the city life. And I absolutely was like, I, I need to do this when I get back to the U.S. Where can I do it? And the answer was New York. Mm -hmm. And then you know, in addition to that, I also you know, realized I didn't want to do personal injury law. It wasn't my passion. And I've always been in pursuit of finding my passion. So I said, you know, in addition to wanting to live in a city, you know, like New York uh, for the lifestyle, I also wanted to make a career change and go from personal injury to what I thought would be my passion, which is like in-house business. Because mm -hmm. um, I've always had an entrepreneurial type mindset and, you know, wanting to create something of my own. And so I said, no more personal injury. Let's do business law. Um, in addition to a lifestyle change. And then, you know, of course, New York is that city, right? It's the headquarters for all the major top hundred companies. Uh, it's, it's a very international city, mm -hmm. um, very similar to London, you know, in addition to like mix of, of different people, but also the way people commute around the city, um, which is something we'll probably get to in this combo. Um, but the subway, you know, and, yep. and the buses and this and that. So it was a it was a big decision, but also very easy in many ways because I just knew instinctually at the time this isn't what I wanted to continue doing, and I needed to make a change. And I knew in my heart that New York was that change, um, but of course I had no idea that it would develop into what it has. Mm -hmm. But again, it kind of goes back to this idea for me or feeling, I should say that I've always been in pursuit of finding my, my purpose, my passion in life. And I've always let my gut and, and the universe guide me in the right direction, even when I have no idea exactly what that direction will be. And New York was the answer. And um, I'm so thankful I did it because I finally feel like I'm at a point in my life where this is where I'm supposed to be. And there's no question about it. Oh my gosh. I wasn't expecting goosebumps this quickly into the podcast, Andreas. Say that you follow your gut and your intuition and, you know, your passion and finding your purpose and what it is you're doing. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. I mean, you, you gave me a lot of great insight in this one response stemming from, you know, you went to London and London kind of showed you that city life. And I'm curious, why not London versus New York? I think logistically, you know, the visas and passports and, yep. you know, all that seemed kind of complicated, you know, just practicality. And then also, you know, from the standpoint of it's New York City, like who doesn't at some point want to try to to take a stab at it um, if they have that opportunity and that desire. At the, at the end of the day, that's just what made sense for me to do. And I got into a great master's program at Benjamin Cardozo school of law. Mm. And so, you know, that was also another piece in the puzzle that said, Hey, this is, this is the place to go. Because again, anytime you go to a new city, either you want to have something, you want to have something in place already, either a job 
or potentially a really good school. And then from there kind of, you know, open doors saying, Hey, I went to this school that everyone knows within the city. Yeah. Yeah. No, great advice. You, it pretty much just all aligned. So that's how you ended up in New York. Thank you for, for sharing that insight there with regards to what prompted you to move here, Andreas. Now I'm curious. So you, you made it to New York. You've been here for a couple of years. What neighborhoods did you initially land upon? And then where are you now? So uh, yeah, first I lived in Alphabet City, which is mm-hmm. close to, to the you know east side, uh, East Village. Yep. And I started there with two roommates in what probably should have been a studio converted into a three bedroom, classic New York apartment with one bathroom, wow. um, you know, where, you know, my room, basically all I could fit in it was a queen size mattress. And I had to like scoot around that to get to my closet. Um, so classic, you know, first two years of living in New York in a small apartment with two brand new roommates, both were at the school that I attended. So I got matched with them. One of them I ended up becoming best friends with. So it actually worked out really well. And we had a great first two years, but then I moved, you know, then I, you know, done, done with school, got my first job at Goldman Sachs. Um, and from there, it kind of evolved into a, you know, a full-time job at a different firm called Canner Fitzgerald. So, you know, starting to make money, I decided, hey, you know, it's time to move out of the, this apartment with these roommates and mm-hmm. get my own place. And I got a place in downtown Brooklyn where I lived for about three years. I had a really beautiful apartment down there, but I ended up moving over to North Central Park, basically the cusp of South Harlem and Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got exactly what I wanted, which is a two bedroom for a phenomenal price. One of my friends who I actually met through my Instagram account is a broker. He got me this place and he's like, Dre, he's like, I haven't seen a deal like this in a decade. Wow. And what I love about this place is, and I got a right before COVID hit September mm-hmm. of 2020 um, or 2019, I guess. Um, but it's huge. It's about a thousand square feet. The second bedroom is uh, converted to an office studio. Um, it's got a ton of white wall space, oh so I have all my art in here. But yeah, I've, I've kind of moved around the city and um, I kind of feel like that's part of the New York experience too. I think at some point I want to move into like Williamsburg or Soho or Tribeca. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a great question. Like, where have you lived in the city? Because I think that's really a part of the experience is kind of moving around to different boroughs um, and and kind of getting, you know, a taste for, you know, Brooklyn compared to Manhattan. Yeah. And I love how you noted you, you pretty much lived in downtown and then you lived in Brooklyn and now you're in uptown and you have a huge, amazing space. So you kind of gave those great perspectives of where you started to where you're at now. So I am loving that you, you live close to, I think one of my other guests that's up on the upper, upper West side. So is that what you would consider where you live? Upper yeah. West side? Yeah. I would say North central park, upper West side. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And overall, Andreas, what would you say your experience in New York? What has that been like? What has your time here been like? You know, I always tell people the first two years of New York, especially if you don't have something in place already. Um, and I think that's what I was alluding to earlier is, you know, when you move to a new city, you want, either want to have a job or some sort of schooling uh, in place. Um, and so the first two years I, I had, I didn't have a job when I moved here. So I, that's why I committed to Cardoza. When I got into that school, I said, hey, it's a great, you know, great way to come to New York is to get into a great institution here, a great school that all the employers are familiar with. But the way I explain to people, unless you have a really good job 
when you come to New York. I think if you come here either without a job or as a student, you're in the same boat. And that's the boat, you know, that's the perspective I can speak to. If you come here with a great job, I, I have friends who, you know, worked at Google and SF and they transferred here to New York. And honestly, I, I don't think it's the same experience for them because they're not really running around trying to get a job and make mm-hmm. money. Um, when you come here, like I did as a student with zero connections in the industry, apart from the school I attended. And to be honest, the school didn't really help me much minus their name on my resume. I had to do everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first two years, I always say, you know, for someone in my situation, it's like, you're, you're like a chicken with your head cut off, you know, like you're running around, you're trying to figure out what to do. You're applying for jobs, you get a job or you, you know, you get an internship or whatever it is, you figure out if you like it or not. You're, you know, of course, whenever you start somewhere new with very little experience, you know, you're going to get tested very quickly in this city. And if you don't have what it takes off the bat, you're probably going to get thrown out. Um, and that actually happened to me in some ways, you know, not with, not completely with Goldman Sachs, but I had a six month opportunity there. Um, I was, you know, filling in for someone on paternal leave. And it was my first time in the finance industry. It was my first time dealing with securities and the markets and uh, all these different things that I'd never done before, even something as simple as Excel spreadsheet. And that place was no joke, you know, and, and I learned my lesson very quickly. Like, you know, you, you have to kind of at least, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of faking it till you make it, but yeah. that's how you get experience. And then from there, I, you know, the next place I went to, I took that experience and did a lot better. And then I took the experience from there and did a lot better. And, and finally, I'm at a place now where I'm very, very comfortable in my career as a lawyer. You know, I work at a great, great firm. Um, I have a great position. My boss and I have a great relationship. He handles certain things that he's really good at. I take care of the things that um, he's not so good at. Um, so we have a good kind of balance between each other. But I would say the first two years are crazy and hectic. And then I would say two to five, you know, you're finding a little more stability uh, within the city. Hopefully your career, your job is, is starting to make sense. You're getting better at what you do. You have more job security. And then after that, you know, after year five, I think if you're still here after five years, um, I think you should be kind of pretty comfortable and good to go and not be fearful that, you know, this might not be long term. Um, So I think from that perspective of career, that's kind of how it feels like. Mm -hmm. And I think from the perspective of just living your life, it's just always kind of the same, to be honest. It's just always this feeling of like, oh, I'm in New York City and, you know, every day is, uh, you know, course with COVID things have changed, but it never gets old, right? Anytime you wake up in New York and, and you go out into the city, there's always this, this energy, this, this flow that really sparks us and, and, and makes us feel alive and makes us feel like we're living in a moment that can't get boring. You know, there's just, there's no time to, uh, to sit down and feel like you're bored within New York City. So I think from the perspective of private life and friends and going out and experiences, from day one till now, it still has in many ways, the same vibe of like, wow, I live in New York city. You know, this is kind of, it's an experience that never gets old and never feels like, you know, I'm, I'm a local. It does change a little bit. You get more familiar with the city, this and that you have friends, but there seems to always be a feeling that, you know, you're, you're, you're still kind of a visitor. You're still spectating for the first time, many things that you've never seen before. Mm. Oh my gosh, you gave so much great context there from like, you know, just 
getting adjusted with the city job-wise, personal-wise, and then, you know, just social-wise, coming in with something to kind of just get you going. And, you know, if you don't, just really bootstrapping it. Exactly. And getting yourself out there. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. Like, you you know, that's the thing. Like, you, if you're going to make it in New York, you really have to be determined. You can't give up on yourself. You know, I've been in many situations right. here in New York where I've been made to feel like, hey, I don't belong here. Hey, I'm not good enough. And you have to tell yourself, well, you know what? This just isn't the right opportunity for me. There's something better for me. I just have to go find it. And it's that kind of mentality and determination and kind of grit that if you come here with nothing, and that's kind of what I did, I came here with nothing, you can turn yourself and and find something. Um, And I think that's the big, big thing with New York is at the end of the day, one thing I truly believe about New York is you really do need to find something here that is you and unique to yourself and, and kind of burning your own path. But you need to find a piece of New York that really means something to you. And it could be your job. It could be your friends. And again, I'm speaking from the point of view of, of moving from, from elsewhere to New York City. But you need to find mm-hmm. something here that represents who you truly are in life to keep you here. Because otherwise, this city is, is going to start to potentially run its course. Like if you're just here to make money and you're just here to party and you're just here to, you know, have an experience, you won't be here for that long. But if you find something here that really means something to you. And for me, that's my passion of photography and content creation on the New York city subway. And you let that Mm -hmm. define you. And I always tell people this in Casey Neistat, he said it, we are not the main characters in New York city. New York city is the main character. We're just a result of it. And there's, and there's so many stories in the city where people came here like myself, and then they discover something within them that they never knew existed. And at the end of the day, that's New York city who, who shaped that, who, who found that within you. So, you know, New York's the main character that extracts something out of us. And, and we're kind of a result, you know, at that point of this city. And again, for me, what that's been is photography and it's been content creation And it's been, you know, all on the New York City subway, 99.9% of what I do and create is on the Mm -hmm. New York City subway. And it's funny, too, because it used to be a place I used to say I hated the subway. Mm -hmm. So that's what's really, to me, is so funny is that I truly despised the New York City subway for a while. Like there was there's moments where I would have experiences on it and, and come home and be like, wow. I don't ever want to go on the subway again. So it's kind of funny, the place I found my meaning and purpose in New York and in my life was in a place that I used to actually despise and, and not look forward to, to commuting on. Um, so I think, you know, I think, again, it just kind of speaks to how this city can really pull things out of us that we never knew existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I moved here. You know, I, I moved here to find my purpose, my passion in life. I knew nothing about photography before I came to New York City. Again, three years ago, I hated the subway. I knew nothing about photography. And then fast forward to today where I'm a professional photographer, uh, video, you know, videographer, content creator, mm-hmm. call it whatever you want to call it. I call it digital marketing, a brand. Um, and I now have a full-time business that is grossing me almost as much money as I do as an attorney. Wow. So it, it's, you know, and, and the cool part is, I haven't lost my passion for what I do in my work. And I, and, and I always say as an artist, you know, and, and it's funny now I, I say, you know, I'm an artist um, and we're all artists. We all have creativity within us. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of finding 
you know, extracting it and finding what it really means to each of us. It could be baking cakes. It could be writing poetry. It could be singing music. For me, it's photography, it's videography, it's content creation. And, um, and it's great for me, even though so much is changing financially, I'm still able to maintain my passion and my work. And to me, that's the most important thing as an artist is to never lose that inspiration, which then drives that creativity, which then drives, you know, whatever it is you produce. I think at the end of the day, as long as you can continue to feel that inspiration and that creative flow, that's the most important thing in, in the world of, of being an artist and, and practicing your art and believing in what you do, um, even when sometimes it's just like it's completely crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You went into our second segment here, Andreas, <laughs> where we're going to dive into and, and your background little, about missing. I could be a little bit of a scatterbrain sometimes, so just remind me sometimes what it is we're talking about, like what the initial... No, no, no. No, this is perfect. No, this is perfect. No. And so again, Andreas, you dived into our second segment a little sooner than expected. I'm going to want to probe on everything you just mentioned. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the craziest thing is hearing how you hated the New York subway, but where your creativity stemmed from was the subway. Your brand and your market is Mr. New York subway. So that is crazy. We'll dive into that in our second segment, but I'm going to bring it back because I still want to learn about your New York story. And I, I want to dive into, you know, what is it that you are liking and disliking about this city that you've spent about seven years so you know i I think it's a great question it's like constantly the answer to that is evolving or changing when i first started here it was making money you know it was Mm -hmm. finding something that i enjoyed doing within my career again that's always been my my focus uh since i can remember is just you know finding my purpose and that is in line with with my career from that point of view from a career point of view i didn't like where I was in my career. Now that I've accomplished that and I've, you know, I am exactly where I want to be in my career. Um, and I wake up every day and I love what I do as far as, you know, my digital marketing and my, my legal career, that piece of the puzzle was the biggest component that was, was kind of driving me crazy for the first five years of living in New York city. Mm-hmm. Now, I think when it comes to, again, kind of the, you know, I, I kind of, it's with this conversation, which I'm really realizing it's like, you know, separating the career versus your personal life, you know, and I think when it comes to the personal life in New York City, you know, relationships with friends and, you know, romance relationships too. I think there's just a component to New York where I've come to realize that I need a break sometimes from this city, Mm -hmm. you know, from the hustle bustle. I didn't have that thought up until about a year ago. You know, I can grind every single day, seven days a week. You know, I, I can do that, and I can keep doing it over and over and over, but I, I feel like there's a point where we need a break. And so my new my new thing is, and I, I have to manifest it. Um, I want to start to potentially, you know, do what I need to do in New York, especially now that we can work remotely. Do what I need to do for a couple of weeks, and then maybe for a week go to like down to Miami and work remotely from Miami and, and just get out of the city, or go up to, you know, Hudson Valley or the Catskills or whatever it is for like a week or two weeks or even California um, rent an Airbnb and just get that separation from New York. Because I think when you're always in New York, 24, seven, 365, you know, minus a vacation or two, Mm -hmm. I think for me now it's starting to, to show that like, you know, I might become less productive or I might become more anxious and stressed out 
Um, but when I take a little break, I get, you know, a different perspective and then I come back kind of recharged and I can go hard, you know, 110% from that perspective. You know, I love the city. I love the nightlife. Mm -hmm. I love going out. I love hanging with friends. I love, you know, having a good time brunches. You know, I love the, how the city never stops. Right. And there's always something to go do. I will say during the pandemic, such a unique experience to live here Mm. um, because it actually did slow. It it slowed down. It stopped in many ways. Um, You know, very sad, of course, but it was a cool period in that, like you could walk around Times Square, skateboard through it. And like, nobody was there, you know, on a Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon. And I think to experience New York like that was was kind of once in a lifetime opportunity. So, but now it's picking up. You can already, you know, people are going back to work, back into the office. You hear the cars honking, the ambulances, you know, uh, people yelling at each other, whatever it is, you know. Um, so it's it's kind of already back to that hustle and bustle, which is why we live here, right? It, it, the city drives us. It forces us to uh, advance ourselves ten times quicker. You know, at the end of the day, everything in life is a double-edged sword. Um, And it's kind of funny with every conversation I have, I'm like, I always come to that. I'm like, it's a double-edged sword. You know, the good is that it drives us, it pushes us. New York City turns us into something we never knew we could be. Um, It it advances all our skill sets, you know, way faster than I think anywhere else, um, just just because it's constantly in motion. But then, you know, the, the other side to that is, it can be, it can be, you know, draining, it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can almost to the point sometimes uh, push us to where it's, it's like, you know, what's the point of, of, of constantly working this hard and constantly um, pushing ourselves to the limit to where it's like, you're almost just exhausted, yeah. you know, all the time. You're almost, you know, anxious all the time. You're almost stressing out a little bit too much. So I think you need to take a break. And it it could, it could even be like a staycation. Like I just don't do anything for the weekend. I just chill in my apartment. You know, I I just don't work. And I I think that's the hard part in New York city is learning when and how to turn the switch off. Yeah, You know, it's very, very hard to do. Yeah. So I think it's learning how to turn the switch off in a healthy manner. And I think for me, that's going to be, you know, just getting out of the city once in a while. Yes. And I love that because I mean, you are working two of the hardest professions that essentially demand a lot of work from you. I mean, in the law degree, from the content creation degree, I mean, how are you even having time to do the brunch and the adventure (laughs) going out and the so forth with your friends? I don't know how you're doing it. And isn't it the New York thing that New Yorkers have to get away from the city every once in a while? Exactly. I mean, yeah, my, my husband and I have a car. We get away pretty much every, every two, I would say two weekends out of the month, just outside the city and so forth. There you go. Exactly. And I, I think, and how long have you been here for? Been here for about a year, a year and a couple months. Okay. So you're yeah, still, so you're still pretty fresh to it, but it kind of makes sense if, if you can get to that point. Um, not where you're trying to always escape the city. I don't want it to sound right. like that. Like, oh, I need to get out of mm-hmm. here all the time. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's healthy to take a break from it. Whenever that, whenever that moment arrives, it could be once a month, yeah. it could be once every two months, it could be once every six months. But when you feel that moment, and, it, and if you can, I think it's very healthy to take a little, a little break from the hustle and bustle. And you know, one thing I'm fortunate with, 
you know, I can do everything I do right now because I don't have a family, right? I don't have mm-hmm. a wife and kids that I have to attend to every day and make time for. And I think that's a big reason why I'm able to do both big projects at the same time with legal career and digital marketing. Mm-hmm. It's because I don't have that. I mean, you know, I, I guess if I, if I had a family, I would just cut back in, in different ways, but my baby and my family right now is basically my digital marketing business. Yep. And so I, I think that that's a big thing for me. I just know my sister tells me all the time, she's about to have her third kid. She's like, Andreas, once you have kids, it changes everything. Yeah. And yeah, I can only imagine, right? Like the responsibilities that come with being uh, a parent and, and always having to care for your kids. So I think one advantage I have right now is not being married. I don't think that would be a distraction, right. but not have not having kids. Mm-hmm. I think kids, mm-hmm. and that's something I, I've always been adamant about 36 years old is that I don't want to have kids and not to harp on anyone who does. I think you can't really quite plan it when you have one or don't, but um, I, I've always told myself until I take on a family, I want to you know, have my career and my passions in place. But that's always been something that's kind of like, be careful before you embark on that journey and try to have these things figured out beforehand. And so that's kind of always been my mindset and and part of my pursuit as well. Hey, and I can't disagree with you. I am, you know, married with a husband, not precisely on the, the same boat as you are looking to align all those things before having to bring someone into this world. Yeah, exactly. Fully be ready for it and have what you want aligned to kind of have that happen. I know there's exactly. situations where it just happens, but some people plan it, right? And that's, yeah. that's kind of what we're doing here. So yeah, you want to you want to try to have a little, you know, as much as you can control over that yeah. that outcome. Yep. But um mm-hmm. of course in life and this is the funny part I always say this, it's always the unexpected things that um, for better or worse happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the best things that have happened to me have happened unexpectedly and the yes. worst things that have happened to me have happened unexpectedly. So yeah. as much as we want to plan and try to control things. Um, and I'm also a big, you know, I like to let go and let the universe guide me mm-hmm. and, and kind of show me uh, in certain situations when I don't know what to do, like, Hey, this is what you should do. Um, so I, as much as we try to control things, so much of it is just out of our, our, our hands. And, and, and I think that's what kind of makes life beautiful is, is the mystery of what's going to happen and, and all this unknown uh, within our realities. You know, there's so much we don't really know. And I think that's kind of the fun part too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can talk universe and get philosophical here because I'm all about <laughs> that, you know, but I'm going to stop right here, Andres. And I'm going to take it back to, I know you noted that it was a crazy time to be here during the pandemic in, in 2020, because I was here, I literally signed a lease for the first time in New York during this time and was able to explore it, walk 80 blocks up and down through the Brooklyn Bridge with absolutely nobody, as you mentioned, through Times Square skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, are you feeling that energy of, you know, the New York that was before the pandemic back and is it that same energy that it was before the pandemic? Like, how do you foresee New York moving into the future? Yeah, New York's definitely slowly progressing back to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. For example, on the subway now, you know, most of the trains you go on, on the train cars, they're busy. There's there's people in them. There's, it's hard to find a seat sometimes. So in that regard, it's picking up. The city's picking up. People are out and about, you know, commuting going about their daily activities. What we haven't had come back yet is the influx of tourism, right? Because once that hits, then New York is going to be right back to where it was. 
I think the difference though is for a lot of people and we'll see going forward, I think this is the million dollar question is how are companies gonna approach their employees, either making them come to work or letting them work remotely. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what's been absolutely tremendous in this experience and, and, you know, there's been so many hard times and so many bad things that have come from COVID and so many good things that have come from COVID. And one of the good things for me is the ability to work from home, not having to go to the office Monday through Friday and be at a desk, uh, you know, eight to 6 PM, having the flexibility of working from home. And I really hope that that continues. So, but I think with the city, what you do notice is, yeah, it's picking up. And I, I think without a question, New York is going to get right back to where it was pre-COVID. It's going to be even crazier, potentially. You know, this is New York City. It, it, once you open the doors and the government says, hey, go back at it. You know, you're, you can stay open until 4 a.m. You can do whatever you want, like how it used to be and, and this and that. So I, I don't see why New York wouldn't get back to what she used to be as far as um, hustle bustle and being super busy. But the one thing that I'm curious about is for people who live in New York, who who work in New York, who work remotely, um, how that aspect will will go. But at the end of the day, I don't think that will have a huge effect on when you go out into the city. I think you'll still feel like you're surrounded by millions of people. Yeah. And the other thing too, I you know, my friends and I were talking about this, and we kind of predicted this, is that there might be potentially a huge culture shift, I think, within the artist world, because you had so many people pre-COVID that were living and working in New York and working these, you know, very lucrative jobs, good amount of people. I don't know what the exodus was, but I had so many friends Mm -hmm. who actually moved to Florida or moved to California, wherever it is, and they're not coming back. So what that did is, you know, it it caused this shortage, this shortage of demand Mm. um, in the market for, for renters, right? For tenants. And what that opened the door for are people, you know, and, you know, we have people moving all over right now, but it brought the Mm -hmm. prices down for rent. And so that's going to incentivize people, artists from all over, you know, the rest of the U.S. and potentially the world saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always wanted to move to New York. What better time to do it than right now? You know, rents are lower than they normally are. Um, There's just a shift in, you know, people's mindsets. People are willing to, to change their entire lives now. Um, and, and take a little more risk, but but a big prediction that we've had is that you're going to get a huge influx of artists, you know, from California, from Florida, coming to New York, um, who've always wanted to do it, and are now doing it. So I, I'm kind of hoping going forward, yeah, New York's going to get back to what it used to be as far as being super busy and having millions of people walking around the city, taking the subway. But I'm hoping there's going to be a big shift in the culture, and you're going to have less people here who are just here to work a very uh, lucrative job. And you're going to have more people here who are artists pursuing their art in New York City. So potentially a huge culture shift and maybe a renaissance in New York of artists that we haven't had for a while. You know, just more artists in New York now going forward than we did pre-COVID. I think from that regard, it's kind of like New York's going to be New York, but potentially more, even more artsy. Wow. And it used to be pre-COVID. That is exciting. So we'll see. And I already I already have friends. You know, I have a huge friend, Kelsey Fish, who just moved from California to New York. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's already, you know, nestled in in Bushwick. And he's got this giant, huge warehouse. And, I, you know, it's like those kind of artists are moving here. And for me, it's a great thing 
actually because you know I love doing photography with other artists of course whatever passions they have and and so for me I always love new characters you know coming across new characters in New York new artists and saying hey I love what you're doing let's get it on the subway and let's create some content so but yeah to answer your question I think New York's gonna get back to what what it used to be from a busy standpoint hustle bustle standpoint but potentially uh, it's gonna be a little bit more culturally artistic yep. than it used to be and, and you know it's kind of a, a a funny statement, right? Because New York is, mm-hmm. is the city of art, you know, it's, it is a city of creativity. And that's, that's what makes New York so special to me. And that's what keeps me in New York and will always keep me here is, is the inspiration is the creativity that you get from this city. So I'm not saying, you know, New York was not an art, you know, artistic mm-hmm. city prior to COVID, but I feel like it's going to become even more intense, intensified and more uh, passionate and and more artistic focus than it did before, just for the simple fact of potentially there's going to be more artists living in New York City. That's amazing. I love that. I am so for that and would love to see that. You're pretty much saying less corporate and more artistic and just diverse and so forth to to add just yeah more energy to the city. The energy that exactly that we need to bring about. And that's exactly it, right? Like when we're around people like that, and that's what New York is, we surround ourselves with each other. But the more passionate people are here about art and their passions, yeah, the more inspiration we can draw from each other. And the, and the more we can, you know, it's going to be hard to beat, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's it feels like it's always that way. But I feel like it's going to be even more so. You know, at the end of the day, that's what I love about New York. I think it's the most creative, uh, inspirational city in the world. And I think even during, you know, a world crisis, like a pandemic, that's the one thing, I, you know, I didn't leave New York for one day minus two many vacations throughout this entire pandemic. I've been in New York every single day. And a big part of that is because it continues to give me the creativity and the inspiration that I need for my art. Even during, you know, even when a ridership went from 6 million people a day mm-hmm. on the subway mm-hmm. to less than 500,000 people wow. a day. I mean, that's such a crazy yeah. change. Um, and, it, you know, you take that on a scale of, of the rest of the city. But even during a period like that, I still found my creativity here, you know, and that's what I think makes New York City so special is like it's always producing something creative for you to tap into. And it's for the simple fact because there's still always millions of people in this small area and we're, we're always feeding off each other. One mm-hmm. thing I was very grateful for is, you know, minus the first couple months of COVID when we really went into a lockdown, um, I was still able to go out and, and do photo shoots. You know, of course, we wear a mask. But I wasn't told, no, you can't go do that. I wouldn't go on the subway during my photo shoots, even with right. my series with strangers and, and have the cops come up to me or MTA and say, hey, no photography right now. No, nothing like that's the beauty is like as much as the media or people wanted to say New York was dead. It was never dead. It was just it changed. It did dramatically and drastically change. And there was a huge exodus. You know, of course, you know, operating hours of businesses at a certain point closed down, but there was still always something if you wanted to, as far as creativity goes, Mm -hmm. you know, to go pursue and go find. And fortunately for me, the subway still was, was the subway, you know, minus closing down, which is crazy for the first time in history. Yeah. Uh, I think 2am and 5am minus those hours, I could still go do and practice my art. Um, And I'm very, very grateful for that. And, And that's what's kept me in New York and throughout this pandemic. And I've never even questioned like, Hey, should I move from New York? Should I go down to Florida? Should I go back to California? It's like, no way. Like this is, this is where 
This is where I live. This is where I have my purpose, my passion. No one's taking it away from me. So for me, it's, it's never been where I'm like, okay, maybe I should, I should move. Yeah. Maybe this is the time to go. And the reason for that is, is the simple fact that I've continued to, to be creative and pursue my, my content creation and, and photography. And, and yeah, in many ways, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's grown, you know, tenfold during the pandemic. Wow. That's, that's actually the crazy part is, you know, where I used to be pre COVID to where I am now, everything's completely changed for me too. So, you know, if that says anything. Yeah. And that is a perfect segue. As much as I want to continue probing on your New York story, I want to hear, you know, how your account, Mr. New York Subway was able to grow during the pandemic, how it changed for you, how you were able to continue to bring your passion out and, and find it in, in the subway and, and the everyday things that you did. Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossip Nista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. I was very fortunate because I was in a situation where I had so much content that I had built up for two or three years. And mm-hmm. in particular, video content that was shot vertically uh, and, and, you know, like for the story on Instagram. Yep. And, you know, now Reels and TikTok, you know, that it's, it's called vertical short format content. Uh-huh. Instead of shooting it horizontally, it's how we always shoot, you know, our videos now north to south on our phones. Um, but I had all this content that I had built up for two or three years. So when we hit, when COVID hit and we're at home being told to stay home, well, we still have access to the internet and we still have access to these apps. And guess what came around during that time period? TikTok. Mm-hmm. So in November of 2019, I started getting into TikTok mm-hmm. and then COVID came. And so basically I just had all this content that I could use on TikTok. So for the first two or three months, I basically just put all my time and effort into TikTok, posting old videos that I had. I I had shot for my story on Instagram. And so basically what I was able to do during that time period is really grow on, on TikTok. And I went from zero followers in about eight months to a million followers. What? Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. So I, I, and what I loved about TikTok and what I always, the point I made to people, you know, who are like haters or disbelievers of TikTok or saying it's going to get banned. I said, well, guess what? In the meantime, while I'm growing this, you know, this account, to a million plus followers. I'm also growing my Instagram account from 30,000 followers to almost a hundred thousand followers. So, Mm -hmm. so TikTok grew my Instagram, but that was the most valuable thing for me with TikTok is it could grow my Instagram because Mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do on Instagram is to grow. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to grow on Instagram. And like, if you're not growing on Instagram and you just kind of stay at, you know, 20,000 or 10,000 or Mm 30,000, it's going to be very difficult to turn this into a livelihood. Very, very, very challenging. So TikTok for me was that answer to grow Instagram. But I also knew as I started to really get good at TikTok and, and that type of video content and not just being solely a photographer, but now moving into video mm-hmm. and, and kind of crossing to videography and photography, I started to feel the push of, wow, TikTok is an amazing platform. And Instagram pretty soon here is going to need to compete with it. And they're going to create something, a feature that's similar to TikTok. And lo and behold, that's what they did. They created Reels. So when Reels came, 
let's say August or, or September in yeah. 2020, when reels came around, I already knew what reels were when no one who spent any time on TikTok had any idea what reels were. So I just started plugging in my content mm-hmm. on Instagram reels, same stuff I was doing and that I had mastered on TikTok for about the last eight months. Now I started pushing it on Instagram reels and reels grew me from 95,000 to what I am now, almost 170,000 oh on Instagram. Gosh. Because wow. at the end of the day, the way you grow now in social media is viral content. So if you go viral on TikTok, you're going to see growth on your TikTok and your Instagram. If you go viral on Instagram, you're going to see tremendous growth on your Instagram. So for me, the big thing through this pandemic and really what changed my whole career, apart from my skill sets of being a photographer, videographer, and all that is extremely, extremely important, mm-hmm. but was the growth of social media to go from just having 30,000 followers on Instagram to having almost 2 million now on TikTok and almost 200,000 on Instagram has completely changed the the power of my social media accounts. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I call this. It's digital marketing. You know, a lot of people use the word influencers and a lot of people get very deterred by that. Call it what you want to call it, but I call it digital marketing. It's real-time marketing. That's what this is. When you have accounts where you can post whenever you want to post and post whatever you want to post, you have the and you have you know big followings, you have the ability to, to market to those audiences. It's very real. And, and marketing and advertising is, is one of the most lucrative markets in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can somehow get a piece of it. And you can, through these social media channels, you can start to say to yourself, you know, um, this could be a potential livelihood uh, situation where you could leave a career as an attorney. You could leave a career as an accountant, whatever it is, a doctor, and potentially make more money doing it. Now, having said that, um, where I'm at in my career Mm -hmm. with everything is very secure as an attorney. You know, I'm almost 10, 10 years, 15 years into a career as an attorney. Wow. So for me to leave that, you know, the benefits, the money that I get, I know I'm going to get paid every two weeks, the bonuses to pull me away from that and say, Hey, now I'm going to go do digital marketing for the rest of my life. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm three years into this. Right. Um, so it's not an overnight process and it's definitely not an overnight decision, especially when you have a good career. Yep. But those questions of Andreas, when are you going to stop being a lawyer and do this full time? I'm now saying, hey, I don't know. I still don't know. I don't have an expectation of doing it. I'm actually very content, you know, working both sides of the brain, having my professional career, having my creative career. But like I said earlier, you know, I'm starting to make, you know, as much money. I'm starting to get close to making as much money as an attorney as I do uh, with my digital marketing every month. And that's when you can start to say, Hey, you know what? I can depend on this. You know, that's kind of, that's, that's really been the shift in, in my career as a, as a photographer, content creators, I've gone from solely creating content with no brands involved, maybe, you know, a suit company once in a while, but pretty much just creating content with dancers, contortionists, fully passionate about it. Um, to now it's like, I, what I do is I work with these brands and I take, instead of just doing a photo shoot with a dancer, mm-hmm. I now take a hat and I put it on the dancer and we conduct the photo shoot just like I would have. Wow. And now it's, it's a commercial, it's an ad, you know, it's, it's, um, it's content for, for them to post, for me to post. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like how things have shifted, but a big part of that, a huge part of that has been the growth in the, uh, the social media followings has been huge. Instrumental. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, Andreas, you give me so much information in one, you know, a uh, question that I don't even know where to draw back from because I'm so excited about everything you've just shared. No, I, I can talk a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. This is <laughs> well, great. Then, but that's the thing. That's the thing too, is like at the end of the day, I know this is what I love mm-hmm. and this is what drives me and this is what makes me so happy and passionate and just feel good about myself and not question who it is that I am. Cause I love talking about it. And I could talk about this stuff forever and ever and ever. And, um, you know, I used to have friends, they would talk to me about the market. Mm-hmm. You know, my buddy's like a big finance guy and all he would talk about the market for hours. And I'd be like, dude, you can talk about this forever. He's like, yeah. He's like, I love it. And I, I this is before I found my, my yeah. digital market, you know, and I'd be like, man, I really wish I could have something that I could talk about. And, um, and yeah, I, I guess I found that. <laughs> and, and we are so happy that you're sharing this with us. I am so happy. So please, thank you. I mouth drop with the humongous growth that you had within, you know, the social media atmosphere from TikTok to stories and where you are now with your content and the brands and partnerships you have and how you've evolved and how you kind of mentioned that you're almost on that shift there that you could potentially leave your every day, you know, eight to six, nine to five in, in the corporate law industry to your creative passion. It's just, it's just the want of, do I want to do that yet? Right. And you'll know when that time is right. And so exactly for people who potentially, you know, aspire to, to do, you know, artistry, have the creative nature in them, photography and so forth. And, and they just want to do something like you do. Is there even opportunities in TikTok still in Reels? Like, how does someone who doesn't have anything potentially get? A hundred percent. There's, you know, I, I always say this: it's there's no better time than right now to be a creator because the platforms like TikTok, you literally could go on TikTok today and make and post one post that has substance to it, and it can go completely viral and potentially get you hundreds of thousands of followers. Now, you know, I'm not saying anyone can do it, Mm -hmm. but that opportunity is definitely there. You know, the answer to this question is, is before you start thinking about that, before you start thinking about all the followers, before you start thinking about the money, um, the success, the first thing you have to, it all has to start with is, is finding something you love. So you need to find whatever it is you can create content around something that you truly love and are passionate about, because this is not a short-term journey. This is a long term journey. I'm three years into it. And tomorrow, if I stop creating content, guess what? In two weeks, no one's going to know who I am. Mm. People are going to forget who I am. So I have to continue creating content. I have to continue loving what I do. Um, Or I guess the better way to say it is in order to continue creating content, I have to love what I do. Mm -hmm. So that's really the primary focus for anyone who's out there trying to find their passion within um, social media and presenting it on social media is first, it has to start from a place of passion and and true meaning to yourself, because that's, what's going to keep you going through the times of like, you know, not doing well, or the times of being laughed at, or the times of like, no one's even, you know, looking at your content. It has to truly be your passion. Mm. And I, I don't think that means that you have to like know exactly what that is to start, but that should be your focus. You know, the focus shouldn't be how much money can I make? How many followers can I get? If right. that's your focus, good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you. But if it starts from a place of like, you know, passion um, and something that really means something to you, 
you're going to start developing the skill sets at that thing. You're going to get better and better at it. And over time, people are going to take notice and people are going to be like, wow, this person's been doing this for two years, three years. And like, look at the growth, look at the development. And, and at the end of the day, what people really want to know, this just sounds funny, but it's hard to get a follow on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, like to go follow someone on Instagram, you've really got to like, you got to capture their attention and make them, you know, cause people take their accounts on Instagram very seriously. And like what they look at on a daily basis, um, you know, they basically are spending their lives on these social media channels. Yep. So to get that follow, you have to have something to them that says, you know, you love what you do and it, and it connects with them. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, like you really have to, to start from a place of, of no money, of no fame, of, you know, none of that. And just somewhere that says, you know, this is what I enjoy to do. Mm. This is what I, this was what sparks my creativity and excites me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find that thing and then start to learn how to create content around it and master those skills, I mean, to get to where I am today, it's been a crazy journey. And where I'm at today is not where I'm going to be in a year. I'm going to be 10 times better in a year because I'm going to continue practicing every single day, editing photos, taking photos, videography. You know, the skill sets are always, always growing. And people take note of that. I think, I think that's another part of this too, is, you know, I've been doing this for three years, but people who follow my content Mm -hmm. have seen the consistent and constant evolution in my work ethic and my content, you know, now shifting from, you know, just doing photography to videography too. But I think that kind of consistency over time really gets people's attention and their respect. I don't want to say, Hey, Mm -hmm you can't go out on TikTok right now and post a few videos and somehow, but that that's complete luck. If you do that, if you somehow go on TikTok right now and become super, super viral um, in a couple of weeks to where you get 5 million followers or 10 million, like very, that's kind of like winning the lotto. The rest of us, what we have to do, and it's like everything else in life, you got to start from ground zero and you got to work your butt off for not a week, not a month, not six months, but for years. And then after, you know, that type of consistent work and passion for something, then you start to see the dividends and you start to see, you know, the successes and and the growth and and all that. It's definitely not an overnight process. And the mindset should definitely not start from a, I want to be famous. I want to be rich. Um, It needs to start from a place of, I love, I love doing this. And and again, that's why I say there's no better time now to be a creator, because if you can find something you love doing you know, and it could be baking cakes. Again, it could be just something so quirky, but you have a passion for it. And if you can somehow create some content around it, you know, this is a a time in life where you can actually, yeah, potentially turn that into, you know, a little side hustle um, to a potential livelihood, you know, and again, no expectation on where it ends up going, but as long as you love what you're doing and you're enjoying the process, it's going to manifest into what it needs to manifest into. And you're going to start to be like, holy smokes, look where I'm at right now. I absolutely agree with everything you've just said, Andres. And I think the three top things I took away from it as transparency, how it is you come about and what is the purpose of what it is you're doing, the passion behind it, as well as consistency. So transparency, passion, and consistency is what's going to, you know, propel you to kind of be able to develop something that is true to you and that will resonate with others and potentially grow. 100%. And and one thing I would add to that is is building your network, Mm. building a team around you too. It doesn't have to be the biggest team, but right now I have have my BTS, my behind the scenes videographer, Mm -hmm. uh, Ken Ruan. 
He's amazing. And we've been working together for nine months with this series of you know, where I go up to strangers and I, I turn them into models. Yes. Um, but he has been like instrumental to my growth. So it's, you know, and then I have another videographer from LA, David Cruz, who I absolutely love. Um, and I fly him in all the time when I have big projects where I need to get like really, really, really professionally done videography. Mm-hmm. So it's also about building that immediate team around you that, that can help you create whatever it is you need to create um, on a daily basis. And then your network, your network is going to be huge. You know, we were talking earlier about Rick McGuire from Subway Creatures. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny before I started all this, you know, before when I was just a lawyer, people would be like, Hey, talking about network. And I, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, Oh yeah, I have an old boss that I could reach out to, or, you know, I have my sister in LA, she's got some cool friends, but I didn't have a network, but three years into what, what I'm doing now, it's like Rick McGuire times I don't even want to say a thousand people, but I have so many people now in my network. Yeah. If there's anything I need, if I need a, a broker to go get a new apartment, I got the right guy. Oh my God. You know, if I need an accountant, I have the right person. You know, like my whole network has evolved from this too. And, um, but those are the things that will happen, you know, with what you were saying, you know, the transparency, the consistency, the passion, those things will naturally kind of evolve yeah. once you, once you start getting in motion. I love that you added those two other elements to it because you've just given everyone the recipe for, you know, um, authentic success within the marketing, social atmosphere, just in general and in, in life to, to be good at anything in life. You kind of have all these recipes together and exactly. thanks for noting Rick McGuire there and building the network. I loved how you gave that transparency of not really knowing what that meant. And then now you have this huge network in New York city. How did you identify that like network and, and building it? Can you kind of give a little tip on that? You know, it's just basically, you know, people who can add value to your life, who can help you, right? Like you, at the end of the day, you can't do everything by yourself. I've, I've always been a firm believer, especially now that I've gotten into, you know, this whole world of, of what I'm doing with my art. You know, there's a saying, it's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you know, go, go together. And it's really, it's as simple as that. Like, I, I believe the more people that I can get around me that I trust and that I believe in and that believe in me, and can help me like the further in life I'm going to go. Of course, at the end of the day, you know, unless I get out there and I do stuff and I put myself in motion, no one else is going to do it for me. You know, the more people that I can get on my side and the more people that I can help and, you know, the better it will be for me. And, and to be honest, like, I think that's another thing that kind of speaks to how much I love this is I love helping people in any way I can through my art. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if someone reaches out and says, Hey, I have a question about photography. It, they could be a complete stranger. I will, I will help them with that answer. So like, you know, I, I think it's also kind of fun and cool to build a network. And I think that's what it is really. It's like, if you're passionate about something and someone else is passionate about it and you guys share that passion together, you're going to like each other. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, that's kind of, the progression with the network thing is you guys share something that you both enjoy. And of course, within, you know, photography and social media, there's so many different people that you can connect with because there's so many different ways to connect through those types of platforms and and those types of mediums. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not one of those who doesn't really want to like tell people my secrets, Mm -hmm. who's afraid that someone's going to steal something from me, my ideas, I'm actually the complete opposite. I'm like an open book. I'm like, if there's something you want to know about what I do, I tell you within art. I think there's a lot of like misconceptions within 
the artist community, but I think sometimes people, artists need to understand like you're unique. Like no one else is like you. No one can just go out and be you. So I'm not afraid of like, you know, there's a few photographers who, when I started, it's kind of funny. They, at first I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? And they're very, you know, cool with me. But then as I started to grow and become like my own person and, 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 you know, get a decent following, Mm -hmm. they stopped answering my, my, my DMS. They blocked me on, you know, one, one person extremely like just got so envious and jealous of like my growth and successes that he couldn't handle it. And he blocked me on Instagram. So like, Mm. And to me, it kind of speaks to maybe that person's not a true artist because I feel like a true artist isn't afraid of anyone taking what they have and running off with it because, you know, it, only you are you, yep. you know, only one person can, can take photos the way I take photos. I mean, I could bring people on the same photo shoot with me and, you know, we could take photos of the same model at the same station at the same time. And I'll tell you what, my photos are going to be different than yours. Life's too short to, to sit around and just try to do everything by yourself and not get help from others and kind of be a closed book. Um, I think, I think the fun in this is making those connections, you know, making these friends, building that network. And then I think, you know, it actually does pay dividends when you actually do that, as opposed to trying to do everything by yourself. Definitely a very kind of wordy way to answer the network thing, but, um, I embrace it. I love it. I think, uh, I think we do way better together than we do alone. And I think it's a lot of fun to connect with people through your passion and, and their passions as well. And, and I think that's what makes life, in essence, kind of like a beautiful experience is, is sharing these moments together and growing together. So, you know, and for me, as someone who kind of before this all started, I, I really didn't have those, those types of connections with people. Yeah. So I think, I think now that I have something that I love and I can share with people, and they have something that they love and they can share with me and together we can grow together and become something bigger and better than if we weren't together. I just think that's such a beautiful part of this journey too. Yeah. So I, I really, I really embrace it. I love that. I love how, you know, you're all about growing together and it's kind of like that saying, you know, it's what you put out there, you get back in and, and you're, you're giving so much, you're getting so much back in. So exactly. I appreciate that and appreciate everything you've shared thus far. And, you know, I um, definitely think we should probably have a part two on this podcast, but <laughs> not, not before I ask you a few more questions. And that is okay. You do photography and your name is Mr. NYC Subway. Let's talk about the name, Andres. Where did the name come from? And I know you noted earlier, you hated the New York subway. So kind of tying those things in together would be amazing to know. So yeah, when I started this, it was simply because I wasn't enjoying my life in New York City. You know, I came here to find my purpose, my passion. I thought I would find it within the legal field, you know, as a business attorney. I didn't. So two or three years living into New York City, commuting, I kind of had a point where I I remember I came home and at the time I was speaking to my girlfriend and I was saying, you know what, I haven't found my passion, my purpose in New York City. Um, I haven't found it in my career. I haven't found it, you know, in my gym membership at Equinox, Mm -hmm. you know, my beautiful apartment, like everything on paper was great, but I still hadn't found that purpose, that passion. And so, you know, my initial thought was, you know what, New York City is not for me. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. I need to go back to California. That was my first thought. But then I was like, you know what? No, I, I, 
I let the universe, and again, in these kind of situations where I'm like, I don't know what to do, I let the universe guide me. And what basically the universe told me to do is you need to change your commute. Right now, your commute, you're focusing on all the negative things, uh, the homelessness, the down and out sob stories, you know, the trash, the delays, the disgustingness, all the things you, if you want to, you can focus on, on the New York City subway. It's, it's, there's a very sad, dark reality on the New York City subway. And, and if you want to, you can focus on all those things. Mm -hmm. But I realized the universe may realize it's like, well, you need to shift your focus. You need to shift your perspective and start focusing on the positive things. And it's a very long story, but basically one day I was going to work and I, you know, I'm dressed up at seven o'clock in the morning. I have my suit on, you know, going to my, my, my lawyer job. And I have a giant pillow with me, like a full on pillow. And I'm holding it at seven o'clock in the morning and everyone on the train was looking at me. And typically everyone on the train is head, heads down, eyes closed, you know, kind of dreary, kind of like a, a negative kind of, you know, energy on the train. But this morning, everyone, and it was a pack train was looking at me. Some people were like curious. Some people were like WTF. Some people were <laughs> smirking and, and looking back on it. Yeah. It's like, why does this guy who's going to work have this pillow? Like, did he get kicked out of his girlfriend's apartment? Like, what, what is this guy right. doing? But the reason was because I, I sat down at work all day and I wanted more cushion for the chair I sat mm. on. But what this did is it made me realize how quickly I could change everyone's demeanor and kind of attitude. You know, like I, I realized like if, if I can so easily change, you know, people's like normal day-to-day kind of mindset and, the, and actions, like what else can I do here to make this kind of a more interesting, positive thing? So I got to work. And I, I called two friends. One was a comedian. One was a musician. And I said, hey, I got this idea. I want you to come on the subway. I want you to perform. And I want you to tell everyone, I don't want your money. I just want you to take this positive energy and pass it on. And I'm like, I'm going to record it on, at the time, I'm like a GoPro. I knew nothing about photography, videography. I went out and got a GoPro, which ended up being like the worst thing to ever use uh, for that, for that type okay. of content creation. But yeah, that's basically it. Like, and then, so the comedian guy all through, he didn't do it, but raised like within a week, she's like, I love it. I feel it. Let's do it. And we went around on a Saturday and she performed for like four hours on like 15 different train cars. And like some people, of course, didn't even notice us, you know, New York being New York, mm-hmm. but some people, some people cried. Mm-hmm. Some people came up and gave us hugs. Uh, people applaud, you know, gave her, you know, applauded her people basically opened me up and made me realize this place is actually a very beautiful place. If you look for it and you bring the right type of energy Mm -hmm. to it. And at the end of the day, I always say, you know, like it's the people of New York, you know, like if you sit on a train car and you look around, you'll see, you know, you'll see some negative things, but you also see some really inspiring, creative, cool things like someone you know, doing poetry, uh, you know, uh, someone knitting a blanket, it, it could be anything, but we're just someone's style, the way they dress or making music. But if you start looking for those things, and that's what I started doing, it completely changed my whole perspective, right? And I just, my whole uh, commute. And so once I started looking for those things, um, and basically what was going on is I, I wanted to change my commute from a negative to a positive. So my pursuit, when I, when I started all this, was not to be a photographer. It was not to be a content creator. Literally, all I wanted to do was change my like the energy of my commute from a negative to a positive. Mm. That was it. That was my mindset. That's what I told Ray Isla. And then once we tapped into that energy, and then once I had this epiphany that, hey, I don't need to bring Ray Isla to the subway to, to create positive energy. It's already here. You know, mm. 
once I had that epiphany from that day till now, that's how everything has shifted. I started taking, capturing things on my iPhone to, you know, eventually getting a camera, but it all started just because I, I wasn't feeling good about myself and I wasn't happy with my commute and I wanted to make it positive. And then it snowballed into what it is today. So it's really crazy. And that's why I always say like the most unexpected things end up being the best things in life. Yeah. Um, and that's why I let the universe guide me in my in my life too. But it's, you know, to go from a place that I used to hate and despise and like, you know, know nothing about photography to where it is today. It, it just goes to show you kind of how crazy life can be and how cool life can yeah. be if, if you let it kind of guide you. And, um, and again, it goes back to New York. I think New York's a very special place that can pull this kind of person out of me mm -hmm. in other cities. I, I don't know if, if this person ever would have came out. He, he never, the person I am today never came out in LA. I spent six years in LA. Yeah. Um, but New York is that type of city where it pushes you in so many different ways and it inspires you in so many different ways that it can create what it has for me. And I'm very, you know, very grateful for that. And what more can I say? Right. Like, it's just, it, it's kind of surreal in many ways. Like it's very surreal to be, to be at the point that I'm at in life. And that's the other thing I'll say too, is it's changed, you know, all of this, you know, subway and photography and, and all it's made my life better with everything else too. You know, it's made my day job 10 times better. I'm just a happier person. It's made my relationships with my family better with my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause I, I now like I'm content with who I am and I don't feel like I'm struggling to to figure out my purposes. Mm -hmm. Beautifully, beautifully said that whole story and how you just, you know, were able to shift your perspective as well no, as exactly. everyone's around you, you know, that is an amazing thing to do. And, then and you know, what's, you know what, like, not to like harp on this, but mm -hmm. what's, that's kind of been the purpose of this account too, is not only am I changing my perspective on the New York city subway, but mm -hmm. I want to change your perspective. Potentially. I want you to look at my content come to my page and be like, holy shit, like the New York city subway is actually really cool. Like it's actually really beautiful. Like it's not just this horror story where people get mugged and like, no one wants to, to ride on it. It's like the punching bag of New York city. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing too, is like my appreciation now for the subway and my love for it. Hmm. I think there's a lot of people who connect with it. Either they knew it already, or I helped kind of like help them see it too. Mm -hmm. But it's also like my positivity is helping other people see the way the subway looks in a different manner too, which I think is kind of the fun part as well as, you know, I'm one of the few people who actually tries to represent the subway in a positive manner. Yeah. Cause you know, as a New Yorker, like most people are like, ew, the subway, like gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And you represent the subway so beautifully. I mean, not not even beautifully, stunning, gorgeously with your photography. Seriously. Thank you. When you say, you know, you, you want to show it in a different light, you want to bring some something different to it, to it, you do in, in so many ways. Your photos are so captivating. They're seductive. There's so much to them that it makes you fall in love with the subway and, you know, the subjects that you have in your photography as well. So. Exactly. And I, and that's what I was going to, you know, say is the people I get to work with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the, I'm very blessed to be in New York city, the talent that lives in this city. And it goes in so many different directions, right? You got buddy, the rat, this guy who mm -hmm. puts on a rat outfit, Yeah, you know, he's an off Broadway performer, Broadway closes down during the pandemic. He's like, you know what, let me take my performance to the streets, but you have 
such creatives in this city and they, and everyone has their own little quirky passions and talents. That's what makes, I think my account and subway creatures, you know, these accounts that Mm -hmm. as long as I can take photos, it's never going to, it's never going to die out because there's always going to be someone new in New York city who has a, a new look or a new creative talent. And I'd be like, Hey, can I work with you? Just come on the subway. And I can present that to my audience. People are going to be like, Oh, here's another one. And, and that's, that's, what's so cool about New York is you're so right. It's the subjects. It's the people I get to work with in this city that honestly continues to drive this project and this pursuit. And, and at the end of the day, what it really comes down to as a content creator, as a creator in general, as an artist, it's all about feeling inspired. Mm-hmm. you know, and feeling that creative flow. And, and everyone that I go work with, when I get to go work with Matt Forger, you know, he's this amazing levitation dancer. I, I get to go work with Cassandra. She's this amazing ballet dancer or Buddy the Rat. When I go work with these people and I connect with them in, in person and, and tap into their creativity, it continues to like elevate and drive my creativity. So I think like to your point, it's the subject's you know, it's the, it just goes back to the people of New York. That's what makes this place so special. Mm-hmm. And it, it's honestly never ending. Like there will never be a shortage of cool people for me to go out and work with. And as we know, the New York city subway is extremely vast. So, you know, I think the one question I always get asked is like, is it ever going to, you know, get old and stale? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no, because, because of the people. And it's, it's a, it's a giant transit system. There's almost 500 stations to choose from. So. Yeah. It's really New York intertwining all these creatives and, you know, the the subway being the lifeline of of New York City or in a sense, right? On how everyone gets around. So, I mean, it is the (laughs) essence, literally, and you are capturing it. So thank you so much for for being that person. Of course. And it's so true, though. But like, I think that's the thing that most people do realize in New York. If we don't have this subway, it's not the city that never sleeps. Mm. You know, it's the subway. It's, it's the lifeline. It's the veins. It's the heart mm-hmm. that keeps the city rocking and rolling 24-7, you know, minus COVID. But without this subway, we aren't the city that's just always in motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is it is the subway that makes New York City what it is, for oh, better wow. or worse. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think, I think that shift and that appreciation for it is something that every New Yorker, you know, should try to try to tap into and try to find. Of course, you know, there's so many great ways to get around New York City bike, you know, cabs, whatever it is. But, but I do feel like the, the New York City subway is, is like, it's, it's one of the, one of the fabrics and it's essential to this, to this city. Yeah. Thank you, Andres. I have like this whole other segment and I think we're going to have to put that on pause, but you know, I think you have been able to really capture the essence of who you are, where your New York story, you know, evolved from what you're doing, where you're going and how you're capturing that so beautifully with Mr. NYC subway and, you know, New York city. So thank you for that. Thank you. And yeah, look, I, I think, I think let's definitely do this again. A lot is going to change. So I, you know, I always have something, you know, more to talk about and consistently evolving. So we don't, we don't need to get it all in today. That's for sure. Of course. I do want to wrap this up by you telling everyone where to connect with you, where they can support you, where they can see your amazing photography and so forth. So, so please share that with us. Yes. Yeah, so I have one social media handle. It's Mr. NYC Subway, MR NYC Subway. And that's across all social platforms. For the most part, like 
TikTok and Instagram is, is where I spend majority of my time. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you. And before I actually let you go, I do want to play this little segment that I do with everyone. And it's just a quick round that I like to call New York Minute, where I'll say a bunch of New York related questions. And you say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you okay with playing that? Yeah, I don't know how good I'll be at this, but let's do it. <laughs> no worries. We will edit, but you will be great. <laughs> so here we go. The first question is... Favorite New York borough? Currently Soho, so like Manhattan. Favorite season in New York? Undoubtedly winter. Um, and I'm from San Diego, California. Mm. Biggest question I always get is like, where are you from? San Diego. Well, why would why would you leave San Diego? The weather's perfect there. But I strangely, I love the winters in New York. There's just something about the city, like bundling up and like putting on your jackets and your gloves and going out into the city uh, when it's cold that I just, I love the winters in New York City. Favorite New York food? Favorite New York food? Oh my gosh. Um, pizza. Pizza? <laughs> I mean, Any specific place? So, you know, of course, like if you're just trying to grab a bite like Prince Street or Joe's Pizza. Favorite New York tourist destination? I guess Central Park. Okay. Obsessed with Central Park. I think um, it's like the best taste of Mother Nature you can get in the city. Favorite non-tourist destination? Battery Park. It's, it's kind of off the the beaten path. You don't get as much tourism. Favorite holiday in the city? Halloween's Halloween's kind of cool. In the city, yeah, it would either be Halloween. Yeah, let's just go with Halloween. Favorite NYC subway line? Oh my gosh. Um, so I'll tell you my least favorite. It's the green line. Hmm. So like the five, the four, hmm. five, and six, because even now it's just, it's so congested and like every train car is just packed. Um, favorite, hmm. I would go with um, potentially the B, so like the orange line or the blue. Favorite weekend getaway from New York? I, I love Montauk. I had a great time out Montauk. So yeah, Montauk would be. Perfect. One word to describe New York? Creative as fuck. Creative. <laughs> creative. <laughs> I'm going to use the creative as fuck. <laughs> Perfectly. Said. And then one tip on how to live your best life in New York. At the end of the day, I think, so from my point of view, find that artist passion venue in New York. You closed it out so beautifully, Andres. I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thank you so much for being who you are, what you brought to New York, and again, sharing all this with myself and my audience. Of course, and thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Mista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode. Follow along on Instagram at Gossamista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.